Welcome to the second episode of House Lab Podcast. On this episode, we speak to Dave, one half of the Versus duo. He takes us on his journey from mixing hip-hop at 16 to signing their hit record 1988. Here's how it went. Hi Dave, how are you? Hey Gary, I'm okay mate. Um, how are you? How are you doing? Yeah, good mate. Very, very good. Thank you so much for coming on the uh, podcast. I'm really, really happy that you've decided to join us. I appreciate um, it, mate. Um, I think I think you've got something really good going here. Um, I enjoyed listening to the, to the last one. So yeah, very, very good. I'm um, very thankful that you guys shouted out and reached out for us, mate. Thank you. Dave, just before uh, we start... Um, do you want to introduce yourself? Just let, 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 tell us a little bit about yourself first. Um, yeah, so I'm David, one half of Versus. Um, the music partner's not here at the moment because um, we're doing, obviously, self-isolation. We're in different parts of um, Manchester. Well, I'm in Blackburn. He's back in Manchester. Um, we're a duo. Um, we've been active now for probably just over two years. Um yeah, we're, we make tech house, but we're kind of going a bit more underground, um, a bit more progressive with, with obviously some of the bigger labels that we just recently signed to. And I'm, I'm sure we'll get um, talking about that later on. I'm actually really surprised that you've only been doing this for two years because um, you've got a lot of music out. And, um, you know, and there's, some, there's some really good tracks there. I really, really enjoyed listening to lots of those. What's sort of inspired you to start DJing? Um, how I got into DJing, um, um, I was probably around 16, about 15, 16. And I remember it being the summer school holidays. And I was walking past a local youth centre in South Manchester. And I seen like a, a banner outside. And it basically just said... Um, you know, summer school, would you like to learn how to, to scratch? Yeah. And it was more DJing, but like hip-hop scratching, chopping, fading, that kind of thing. So it wasn't actually beat matching. So I went along, I signed up, did that for the full summer holidays during during this school summer holidays. Loved it, absolutely loved it. And then went back to school, continued to do the beat scratching and chopping, Um in music at school and then I got introduced to James one half of Salado um, who's also from Manchester he's actually from the same area that we've that I live and my old my oh, wow. older cousin introduced me to him and he actually taught me um, how to actually physically mix vinyl oh wow that's incredible. yeah so we started mixing like really old UK garage, but I'm talking about the kind of the four to the floor kind of UK garage, like yep. Todd Edwards, yeah, another one, um, Carl Tuffinough Brown, um, all that kind of stuff. And we were mixing classics, yeah, yeah, all the classics basically. So we were mixing that, learning on vinyl, um, and then we moved over to a bit of drum and bass, and then um, he took me to a couple of raves like hysteria type drum and bass raves and that's where we kind of yeah. got the, the bug for you know what this electronic music this is a bit of me that this is basically what i want amazing amazing i mean that already that that journey that you've already been on you've already spoken obviously about james and salado so far have they have they been a huge influence in in your journey of of dj yeah, they've been, they've been, you know, to to have them as as, as actual cl- good close friends. If um if I ever get stuck with anything, 
um, like we just recently signed to, to a, a record label in Miami. And in in the email, there was a question which I wasn't really aware of what the question was. So I just kind of text Mark saying, hi, mate. Um, this record label just asked me this, you know, what does it mean? So he instantly replied, you need to do this and you need to do that. So just have them as mates around so just to ask them for advice. They have been a massive influence and, and help along the journey, along the way. That's that's incredible. I've I've met the um the boys quite a few times actually, at, um, when they've been playing in places yeah. and um first time was actually in Ibiza. Um they're playing high for their um for one of the events yeah. there and got sort of chatting to them there and they seem to be like the nicest boys um you could meet in the industry. And I think that's really important um to have that sort of that, that company because it, it can be quite cutthroat. Can't yeah, it? I agree that they're very, very very successful in where they are and but they're they're also at the same time they're very both grounded um you know the the top tier level will touring acts um you know the, the the producers and djs that are working with are only some that i can dream of and they're just really nice down-to-earth lads that's and i think that's the best way to be yeah totally okay well let's um we'll, we'll park Solano okay, for a yeah. second dave is this is this your is DJing your full time job? Is this what you do full time? I mean, that's I think for a lot of young aspiring DJs, they sort of see this as a full time job. But I know lots of other DJs are out there having to do a nine till five, and then they're heading off to the clubs and gigs and playing. What what's your life? Um, what's it like for so you? So we were originally working um, like nine to five. Um, my music partner was working on like a fruit and veg store. And I was working at um, Virgin Media at the time when we started Versus. So I was like obviously selling and upgrading broadband and that kind of thing. But yeah, it's pretty much music full time. And, and you know, how, how has that, you know, you, you've gone from working a full time <clears throat> job to being in the music industry full time. I mean, that's got to be incredible, right? Yeah, it, it's something that, we, that I've dreamed of, um, you know, from the, very, from the very start. This is all I wanted to do and... And yeah, I set myself a goal and I was like, this is what I want to do. We've probably already answered this question, David, but how long has it actually taken you to get into your position right now? How, how long? I mean, you said you started about 16, um, so how long? Um, in terms of verses, in, in terms of like, you know, where we are now in the scene and, you know, the releases that we are and, and the profile gigs that we're doing, it's probably took just over, just over two years, maybe, just to, you know, to get, kind of established where we are now but then obviously before that you know I was learning how to mix on vinyl when I was 16 years old so yeah it's it's been a journey I mean yeah it definitely sounds like it what's the um what's the future like where do you see yourself in three years time um three years time definitely doing a lot of international shows a lot of festivals um and working with really high-profile uh, singers and doing a lot of collaborations with some fellow artists. I mean, that's sort of the pinnacle, isn't it, of being a DJ, being able to collaborate with some huge artists and um, headlining events and festivals, isn't it? Have you, have you done anything like that so far, any festivals? Or anything? Yeah, yeah, we've, we've, um, we've done festivals. Um, we have played uh, for Nick Fanciuli at the Social Festival in Kent, which was pretty good. So we were actually in between um, Bicep and Duske. So, yeah, we, we wow. filled yeah. in between those guys, which is incredible. Um, we've also played Park Life here in Manchester. Um, yeah. yeah, you know, there's been quite a few festival bookings. 
I would have been very surprised if you hadn't been booked for. Yeah, yeah. I mean, their, their lives yeah, are yeah. absolutely incredible. Yeah, it's obviously on our doorstep being Manchester. I mean, do you when you go to something like Park Life? Do you not only are you performing, but do you see that as opportunity to sort of make connections? Is is that where you a million percent, your... million percent? So we DJed at Park Life, but um, I actually attended the day after when we wasn't actually playing, and right. I literally spent the whole um, day pretty much backstage and there were DJs there that I was getting in contact with. There was some A&Rs from record labels, producers that I just seen knocking around backstage and I just thought, there's that guy. I ain't got his email address. I need his email address. I'm going to get yeah. it and pretty much what I've done. And, and, and that's how you obviously then you get to able to send your tracks to these these people. Is that right? That's how that works. Yeah, yeah. So when, when we first started out, um, I was sending demos to record labels, but I didn't really know the, how the game worked. And I was sending tunes to info at or demos at or hello at, you know, the record label email address. And nine yeah. times out of ten, I wasn't getting a response or a reply. So I kind of thought, I need to get to the source. I need to find out who the A&R is, who the label yeah. manager is, who owns the record label. And then I made a bit of a hit list and I was attending events where these guys were. And I literally got their email address and number. For people that will be listening that are, are aspiring DJs, Dave, you know, what's your advice to them? Because they, they may well be doing the same thing and they may well find it difficult to get backstage. But what's the... Networking is the biggest thing uh, for up-and-coming DJs and producers. It's what I did, and that's that's how you're going to get your contacts. You just need to network. Go to as many as events as possible. Um, you know, get to know the, the the resident DJs. You know, at the end of the day, if these resident DJs are playing monthly events, they're the guys that are going to play your tracks. So get them to the resident DJs first then work your way up the ladder. That's that's literally what I've done. And yeah, network. I, I love networking anywhere where I am, where there's an opportunity. I just network with everyone. And yeah, and that's a, that's a great way to be successful. I think every person, that, every, well, every DJ that I talk to, uh, whether they've, you know, they're established or they're up and coming, their, their biggest thing is about networking. They always say, you just need to go and network. And it's, it's quite a nice environment, I'm guessing. You know, I, I've not had that experience of, possibly being backstage in, in lots of different events but i'm guessing there's a nice environment um back there or, or is it quite hostile no not at all um it's very very it's a nice environment um i remember the first time i was um i went backstage at an event it was at warehouse project and i was i was like i was just in awe of, of the whole setup and obviously this is the first time i've physically been in reaching distance of world tour and djs like i looked to my left it was martinez brothers just sat there literally less less than a meter away from me i looked forward you had marco carola stood there um and then just to the left just to the right you had seth troxler and i'm sat there thinking jesus christ how the hell have i got back here <laughs> that's amazing that's incredible I think, yeah. I think i'd be exactly the same and i'm not even a you know, not even a DJ, but I would be in the same. I'd be in the same position. You spoke about Marco Corolla a second ago, and you know you've had some amazing support with your tracks. Is that am I right in saying that he's he's been one of the people that yeah, have supported yeah. you so far? Uh, yeah. So we where was it at the time? 
uh, I was actually in a restaurant in Manchester um, with my mates, and I got I got a WhatsApp message from one of my pals over in Ibiza, and he just basically just said, um, "Corolla and Coxer has just played 1988." Oh. So obviously, I'm sat in this restaurant, and I'm like, "Nah, this guy's taking the piss. Shut up." <laughs> so I've gone seriously. Went, yeah, I've got you a video, but. It's not sending because the, the inset's pretty crap in the beef. So I said, right, whatever you do, save the video and then send it me later. Wow. And then he sent it me. And yeah, it was um, Corolla back-to-back with Carl Cox um, on the terrace at Amnesia. Wow. And yeah, they played 1988. And then also that night, Leon, um, which is obviously a music on resident, yeah. uh, he played it as well. Wow. And I was like, Jesus Christ. And then ever since then, that's when it kind of took off with all the support from Gorgon City, um, Jamie Jones, Lee Foss. Yeah, it was uh, it was incredible. I mean, you're mentioning some really high profile <laughs> artists. You've mentioned your track 1988, which um, I've listened to probably over the last week, just sort of getting to know some of your music, uh, probably about 15 to 20 times. Firstly, what a track. Um, Thank you. Se- secondly, is, do you believe that's your most successful track to date? Yeah, hundred percent, most successful track. Um, you know, w- when we DJ, um, we get requests all the time for it to be played. Like, um, we DJed. Where did we play? Studio Three Three Eight, and there was some someone come up to the DJ box uh, with their phone, <laughs> and it just can you play Nineteen Eighty Eight? And I was like, wow. But yeah. That's definitely the um, our most known track, and also the quickest track that we've ever made as really? well. Really, that's incredible. Yeah, that was actually made in um, in about four hours. No way. <clears throat> and is that four hours, and it's done? It's being sent off, or I mean, again, you know, we've I've spoken about this with previous DJs um, on the podcast, and of how long tracks tend to to sort of take to be com- completely completed. Is that is that got to be mastered too? Um, so that was opening a blank canvas in the studio and just, just basically starting with a kick drum. And then four hours later, the track was fully finished and mixed down. Um, and then obviously we sent it off to get mastered. Um, okay. But yeah, pretty much four hours and, and the track was done and dusted. And then it was like a Wednesday. Was it a Wednesday? Yeah, it was like Wednesday when we finished it. And then I sent it to Gorgon Sitter, to Matt and Kai. And then he played it on the Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, They they basically DJed at Glastonbury and they played it four times throughout the whole of Glastonbury. I mean, that's got to make you feel amazing, surely. Yeah, it's like we we were getting tagged on on Instagram with with videos from people. Um, And and there's a group on Facebook called, like um, I think it's called Track ID or identification of music group yeah. we just seen obviously because I'm I, I did join the group and then I just seen like notifications pop through track ID hi guys who's this track by hi does anyone know who this track is <laughs> here's a video of Gorgon City what's this track and it was just video after video after video and I was sat there like okay I think I think we're on to a bit of a winner here with this tune I'm guessing it hadn't happened because you said that you made it sort of got completed on the Wednesday Well, you sent it to Gorgon city on the, on the Wednesday, but have you, did you have a label at that point? Um, I sent it to two record labels and they basically turned it down. (laughs) 
Um, yeah, they basically just said, oh, it doesn't doesn't quite fit the label. And then another record label said, um, I think it needs a lot of work doing to it. So, you know, you being a music producer, you do get criticism. You've got to take it on the chin. Yeah. So then it was my music partner who basically said, send it to Kai Creighton. Let's see what he thinks for Under No Illusion. So he instantly signed it, um, but he actually signed it as a VA. Okay. So it, 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 it was originally supposed to come out on a VA with like 10 other different tracks by different producers. Yeah. And then videos started emerging of like the Goggin City lads playing it, um, Jamie Jones playing it in Burning Man, Lee Foss playing it in Burning Man, Carl Cox playing it, Marco Carolla playing it. And then Kai basically rang me and said, listen, Dave, um, I'm going to pull 1988 off the VA and I'm basically going to give you guys an actual EP. So Crazy. you've got four weeks to get two more strong tracks um, and, if possible, a 1988 remix. So I was like, right, cool. Felt a little bit of pressure. Yeah. Right, sweet. And then we finished a track called Ill Phil, which yep. was dedicated after one of our friends. And then we finished um, another track called My Piano, and then that was the free track. So 1988 was the lead track, Ill Phil and My Piano. And then I sent Lee Foss a WhatsApp message just saying, hi, Lee, hope you're okay. Um, 1988 has been signed. Really appreciate you playing it and the support, blah, blah, blah. I was yeah. just wondering if you would be up for remixing it. Let me know, cheers. Didn't expect a reply. Didn't even expect this huge you know, DJ yeah. and producer to even even obviously reply. And then 10 minutes later, I was in the studio and he literally went, hey, Dave, amazing track. Yeah, can you send me the stems? I've got a few days to spare. I'll remix it. And I was oh, wow. like, fuck. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah. And my next question does fall under this because okay. I want to know sort of how hard it is to get a track sign you've had you know you've had quite a lot of mu you've got a lot of music out there um and i'm sure you've got lots of music to come uh for us to, to talk mm. about too but how difficult is it to actually get someone to sign your music yeah it, it is difficult to an extent it's difficult if you make it difficult if that makes sense okay. some of the top tier record labels um obviously they invest money every record label invests money with a release you know, the record label paid the artwork. Um, you know, if, if it's a high-profile producer who wants a remix fee, the record label have to pay that. Yeah. Promotion, press, um, you know, getting mix mag um, reviews, you know, that kind of thing. Okay. So a lot of the top-tier record labels do see it as a gamble. But, yeah, it can be hard um, if you make it hard. And, again, is, is, it, is it who you know? I get asked this all the time. Honestly, I get asked this question all the time. And yeah, a lot of it is not what you know, it's who you know. And it is a bit of a shit thing. Yeah, a lot of it is is obviously, you know, it's it's who you know. Like, for example, if you know an A&R or you know the record label owner, rather than you sending it to info at yeah. recordlabel.com, you can just basically send it to james at recordlabel.com or even even pick up the phone and say hi mate i've just emailed you a track do you want to check it out and obviously you're you're jumping ahead by 
hundreds, maybe even thousands of producers, because obviously you know this one person yeah. at the record yeah. label. I mean, we the reason why we got talking to you is because of um, because of Benjamin, and he, you know, on on his podcast, he spoke a lot about sending you music. Do you get a lot of that from DJs sending you over lots of music for you to possibly play or do something with? Yeah, we do. The majority of the versus sets consist of, I'm going to say, 80% of up-and-coming producers' tracks. For me, I think that's really refreshing because actually, you know, we're no way am I saying that the top-class DJs are, are, are playing, you know, top-class tracks from that other people have produced. And, yeah. and, but actually, it's quite nice that 8% of your, your set is, yeah. is dedicated to, to new music. We did um, we did a podcast. Um, it's like a mix um, for an online yeah. magazine a few weeks ago. It's like a kind of lockdown mix, and it was it was about a one hour fifteen minute mix, and every single tune, barring probably about three, maybe four, were all unreleased up and coming producers, not even from the UK or even Europe, literally around the globe, wow. like. Um, there's, there's a guy who sends me music from Argentina who is absolutely incredible. I guarantee, give it 12 months, he's going to be on Hot Creations. Um, wow. you know, there's, there's kids in Hollywood um, and LA and California who send me music. They're just starting to emerge in their city. Um, there's people in France, Germany, um, all literally all over. I just like playing up-and-coming music because... They put so much dedication and they literally pour their heart into this track. And these tracks are absolutely incredible. But obviously, it goes back onto what we've just spoke yeah. about. If they haven't got the links Can't get it to, to get it to the, to the labels, they struggle to get it signed. And yeah, it is a bit of a shame. It is a shame, fair. yeah. But I'm going to move on a little bit, Dave, um, because you did speak a bit about collaboration. I just want to know, who, you know, Give me a name out there. Who would you like to collaborate with in the future? I'm going to name a singer, which I've been um, Delilah. Okay. She, incredible UK singer. She worked with Chasing Status on one of their biggest tracks called Time. Yeah. I actually got introduced to her at a party in London probably about three, four years ago. Okay. Um, around when this track came out with Chasing Status. But obviously, this was well before the Versus Project, well before I was where I am now. And I wish to God I would have got a contact details. Yeah. Um, but I'd love, love, absolutely would love to do a track with Delilah, 100%. The one half of Versus uh, is not on the podcast today, Luke. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, how do you actually find performing in a duo? What's that like? Um, you bounce off each other. You you literally vibe off each other and bounce off each other. Um, and it's always kind of... I find it really fun to be DJing in a duo back-to-back. Like, we we do a song each. I do one, yeah. he does one, I do one, he does one, etc. Um, there's been a couple of occasions where we've had to DJ solo. And it, it was okay, but... I prefer to be back to back with my music. Yeah, partner. why not? Do you think? Do you think? Um, obviously, you spoke. You spoke about bouncing off each other, and obviously, there's a lot of DJs out there that DJ solo. Um, but yeah, you know, 
we've got we've got the likes of Salado, Camel Fat, these huge names that are all duos. Do you think it's the sort of duo season? Like it's, it's been three years now that the duos are, are, are sort of making it big. Um, it seems it, yeah. Like obviously with, with the names that you've just mentioned, it, it definitely does seem it. And I, th- I think this should be more high-profile duo um, artists touring. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think so. Yeah. Okay. Just spoke about verses and friends, um, and I know that okay. you've re- there's been quite, it's been quite recent. Uh, I've done my research. It's been quite recent since you uh, had an event with verses and friends. Am I right in saying that was in February? Yeah, yeah. That was the last one. How yeah. many events have you actually um, put on with verses and friends? And t- talk us a little bit about what what verses and friends is all about. Um, so our management um, approached us one day and basically just said, um, you know, w- would you be up for doing an event here in Manchester? And at the time, you know, I was like, no chance. No, fuck that. No. You know, what what happens if no yeah. one comes? No, I don't want to do that. And he basically just said, listen, just hear me out. I've got this concept where it, it, it'll be verses and friends. And basically you invite up-and-coming talent from wherever to come and play. Um, and the, all the focus goes on them rather than you guys, hence the friends part. So when he said that, I was like, okay, this sounds this sounds quite interesting. Um, and we're on our 14th party now. The last one was in yeah. Feb, before the whole lockdown thing happened. And um, every single one of them completely sold out. Wow. Um, it, it gets to a point where the club manager literally basically comes up to the DJ box and says, we can't let no more people in. It, it is, there's a queue outside. And when he first said that to me, I was like, fuck <laughs> off. He went, come up, come up. So I just went, one second. I actually left the club, walked outside, and there was a massive queue of people trying to get in. But the bouncer and the manager wouldn't let them in because he be- there, was, there was physically no room wow. left. And I was like, wow, okay. I was a bit like, I was happy, but I was so shocked, so shocked. It's when you see those videos, don't you, where people take a, a video of how long the line is. Um... It, it, exactly <laughs> like that, yeah. How incredible to have, you know, one, a couple of your first events be sold out. Yeah, it's, it's it, honestly... I'm I'm still shocked to be honest. I'm I'm still shocked that people in Manchester what what are come what are come and see us to DJ and also want to come to to the party. Yeah, I'm still it's still very very hasn't even sunk in yeah, yet. That is fair. that is really incredible. You said about its verses and friends and the friends being lots of up and coming artists. But how do you actually go about yeah. selecting your artists to play? Is it you that selects or is it your management that selects? How, how does that how does that work? What we did around the time when we were launching, um, we put a post out on Instagram and I put a post out on my first personal Facebook page as well. And um, I was just like looking for some up and coming artists um, for our you know debut party, blah, blah, blah. Can you send your mixes over? And then I literally spent a couple of days yeah. sifting through mixes. Some of them were incredible. Some of them wasn't so great. Um, some of them wasn't even the music genre. Like we had a couple of guys that sent drum and bass <laughs> mixes in, and uh, there was one DJ that sent like a hip hop mix in. Maybe, um, not, maybe not quite the but, scene. Yeah, of course, yeah. 
Um, but we, yeah, we just go through the mixes and we found some really, really, really good talent. Really good talent. I mean, listeners, <clears throat> that, you know, after lockdown's finished, I'm guessing there will be forthcoming versus and friends events. Or at least you know you're yeah. hoping so. You know, what what can they do to impress you? You spoke about people sending in drum and bass stuff, and that that's not what you're quite looking for. What are you actually looking for? What, how can they impress you? From basically not being one of the mill, um, you know, someone that kind of actually goes digging for for music that just doesn't go on beatport and buys. The, the the track in, in the yep. top ten. Anyone could do that. My my, my yep. missus could do that. You could do that. My next door neighbour could do that. It's it's you know it's not originality. Go and do some crate digging. Go and find some tracks from seven years ago that Jamie Jones has played and and no one knows what yeah. that track is. Find it. It's all about being original. Original. I think that's really good advice too. I, I just I just like originality. I like people that are not sheep. I'm personally not one. We are definitely not one. We we go against the grain with everything that we do and just the whole our whole motto and stance on stuff. I mean, you, you say going against the grain. Music for me, when I very first heard some of the other tracks, there's some there is some sort of what I would say a standard tech house track. I feel like some of your music is is very different. I sort of feel like it's got that acid side to it as well. And I think you saying that you're going against the grain. I sort of feel like I, I get that from your music. Yeah. When we when we first started the project, what we wanted to do um, was kind of follow suit with what Mark and James, the Salado lads, did. Um, they basically just released, 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 and just released so much music. And we kind of done yeah. the same thing in a very, very, very short space of time. And I'm, I'm really glad that we've done that because we just kind of flooded... I think in 12 months, we released about 23, 24 tracks. And yeah, at, at the start, it was very tech house oriented, the, the sound. And then we kind of stepped back and reassigned everything and then added more acid influences yeah. into the track. I, you know, made some more progressive type tracks yeah, as well. Yeah, I could definitely hear some of that. Um, coming through when sort of doing the research. I did notice whilst doing the research, you, you guys are duos, but you also work with another duo. And I, I hope I'm getting their name right. Is it Dissolute? Yeah, uh, yeah, Dissolute, yeah. Um, um, that's um, Louis and Surin from Germany. Um, incredible, incredible producers and um, very good friends of, of ours now. Yeah, very, very good, close friends. I mean, you've had some, am I right as well? I'm, I'm just sort of having a look at my notes here. You've just, it's been quite recently, you've a track called Unanswered Call with them. Is that right? Is that is that recent? Is that a recent release? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, very recent. We've released um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. We've probably released about seven uh, tracks with them across some top tier labels. Um, yeah, like I said, they're, they're, they're very incredible producers and they're kind of just emerging from Germany and give it, I'm going to say, give it 12, 12 months and they're definitely going to be a top tier um, artist, 100%. And it was quite funny how we actually met, to be honest. Do you want to tell us the story? How, how did that happen? 
so we we were booked to DJ in Germany, and obviously we've announced it on our yep. Instagram. I'm really excited, just been booked for Germany, blah, blah, blah. And they actually followed us, but we didn't follow them at the time. I'd, I'd, you know, we got yep. offended them. I had no idea who these guys were. And um, they sent the Instagram, the Versus Instagram, a message saying, hi, Versus. Really big fans of your tracks. Love 1988. Love this track. Love that track. Um, just seeing you DJing in Germany this weekend. We're also from Germany. We would love to send you some um, some tracks to play. Hopefully you'll like them and play them. So I was like, yes, yeah, sweet. Great to meet you. Um, email them over. I'm on my laptop now. I'll take a listen to them. You know, if we like them, we'd definitely play them. And they sent over 25 <laughs> demos and every single one of them was incredible. So I'm sat there like, who are these guys? Yeah. You know, where have these guys come from? Like, who the fuck are these? Like, they've just sent over 25 top tracks that could get signed to, you know, huge labels. So I basically downloaded every single one of them. And we were playing a three-hour set yeah. in Germany. So I, I messaged them back saying... Um, Thanks for the music. We're going to play probably about 12 of them across the three-hour set. <laughs> so then they basically went, oh, my God, this is amazing. No one's ever played our music before. We're going to drive to the gig. So I was like, oh, sick. This is great to meet you. But what they've done, they actually lived six hours away from the city that we were DJing. <laughs> oh, and they drove from one side of Germany. This is a God's honest truth. They drove from one side of Germany to the other side to meet us. So whilst we were in um, in the promoter's like apartment having like a, a meal Chinese and with yeah. all the DJs, they were traveling across Germany to come and meet us. And then they sent my phone a text message saying, hi, Dave, um, this is Serene from Dissolute. I think we're outside the apartment. We've just parked up. And they come in, we, we, you know, we were on the beers, we were just chatting. And yeah, we've, we've formed a very, very good friendship and we've, we've made some incredible I mean, you definitely stuff. have. I've listened to, um, that's an incredible story. I've listened to, um, actually, you, you've, you've, you're late, the label Realm, which again is uh, Gorgon, Gorgon City's <clears> label. Um, you've you've yeah. actually released quite a lot of music together with them. You've got Get Naked, um, You've got the, the lick it, and you've got I don't care. Is that is that right? Yeah. That's the you've got a couple on there. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. I mean, there's some great yeah. tracks there. We'll, we'll probably there'll be a, a preview of probably some of those on here. I know you're going to send me some music after for me to yeah. sort of put on there. But I mean, that, that's again, how difficult is that to make a track with them when they're all the way over in Germany? How does that work? Well, what happened is um, this. This goes back to the Versus and Friends event. Um, they flew over to Manchester and spent four days with us and they played the Versus and okay. Friends party. And we we literally spent four days, well, three days, because on, on the first day, we just went on the smash around Why Manchester. Not, yeah. yeah, took them to all the <laughs> sites, um, check out all the bars and stuff. So we spent three days in the studio and we, we just knocked out all That's the cool. tracks. They they had some projects started, like yeah. loops. We had some projects started, small loops, and then we were just like, right, we knocked out all the that tracks. That's yeah. quality. That's pretty cool. And how's your name versus come about? What sort of how did that? How did At that the happen? time, um, 
we were thinking of ideas. It's quite a funny story. This actually, we were thinking of names to to name us. You know, for, for the for the um, duo, and the names that we were both coming up with sounded like Star Wars characters, like Dark <laughs> Matter. Uh, what was the other one? Dark Matter, Brazen, um, Shadow, something, and they were just absolutely shite. And um, I was actually uh, I was actually sat in a restaurant in a place called Didsbury in South Manchester, and I was I was sat at the window waiting for my meal to arrive, and I was just staring into space out the window, and there was a set of traffic lights directly opposite the window where I was sat, and there was a massive like lorry, big 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 tanker truck, that was just blocking the view, and I was just staring. And then all of a sudden the lights went on green and then the, the truck moved out the way. And then obviously I was looking across the road and it basically just said VS solicitors. And I looked at it and I was like, VS, VS versus, <gasps> versus, versus. <laughs> and then I text uh, Luke straight away. I was like, oh my God, listen to this versus. And then I said, um, we can do some cool stuff. Like instead of going, B to B, back to back with a DJ. We can put VS versus, and then that was it. That's incredible. Yeah, that definitely, hundred percent. Um, <laughs> that's that's a cool. That is a really cool story. Um, I guess it is quite a difficult thing to sort of come up with. You know, yeah. you've got things that's really unique, haven't you? That that also mm. people are going to like, and that, like you said, like was it yeah, dark, dark matter, matter? You said before, like something. That's, Something's not going to sound yeah. a bit seedy, or you know, <laughs> you know that it's got to be sort of out there. Um, that is brilliant. That's quality. Obviously, you know, you you talk a lot about Manchester, um, and I know there's lots of there's been lots of great talent come out of Manchester, um, but actually in Manchester you've got a lot of platform, haven't you? There's a lot of clubs around Manchester. There's a lot, you know, the music scene is. Is sort of rife in Manchester. It's it's what it's yeah, all about. Yeah, definitely. Right? This, the, the music scene in Manchester, um, the house and techno scene is absolutely booming. You know, Warehouse Project, uh, the leaders, you know, they're booking the top tier artists. They're selling out a, a capa- you know, ten thousand people capacity venue every Friday and Saturday. Yeah, um, yeah it's, it's an incredible it's... city to to be in and, and be born in. <clears throat> and I mean. You know, I'm from London myself, um, and you know the amount of people I speak to that travel up to Manchester regularly to go to WHP and um, Sankey's yeah. and, and all of those places. Uh, some places that you mentioned before, you know, there's so many people travelling up there. It's not it's not surprising that they can pack out a ten thousand place. You know, it's incredible. David, just want to touch on lastly um, about your, you know, about being abroad. Um, Because I know you spoke about sort of performing internationally. Um, You know, have have you played abroad? Ibiza being the main question. Um, And and how much time are you spending overseas in in sort of season? Um, Yeah, so we we were booked to DJ in Ibiza. Um, Sadly, I couldn't make it because I I, I actually uh, had food poisoning. I was really, really ill. I was actually rushed to hospital. Um, So I was... I spent four days oh, in wow. hospital. I was yeah, really ill. So I, I didn't actually make it. Um, Luke and our management and friends went over and they did the shows. 
Um, where else we've DJed? We've DJed in um, Germany, which was incredible. Um, Amsterdam, um, Copenhagen. There's quite a few places to be fair. I mean, we do. Where's where's the where's the best venue like abroad that you've ever played? Um, that's a good question, actually. I'm gonna say the place that we DJed at in Germany, and it was called Club Wallenstein. I've probably pronounced that okay. wrong, Wallenstein. And it, it reminded me of um, being in Manchester at Sankey's. It was a really dingy, dark, like grimy <laughs> club. It was nothing fancy yeah. about it. It was like, yeah, it was just a dingy gaff. And yeah, it was incredible. That was, that was that, yeah, definitely that place. So, Dave, you spoke about your uh, your labels, um, but we just really want to hear about what what music you have released on what labels. Do you want to talk a bit about that? Yeah, um, so we've released on quite a few high-profile labels in the industry. Um, we've released on Sonny Federa's label, Solotoko. We did a tune called Nihon uh, that features the vocals of Abigail Baylor. Um, we've released on Lee Foss's label, Repopulate Mars, with a tune called Our Planet. Uh, we released on Realm, Gorgon City's label. Um, they've been giving us massive support over the duration of, of Versus. Um, we have released on Armada Music, which is a huge record label owned by Armin van, van Buren. And more recently, um, something that we're over the moon about and absolutely still in shock. We've just put pen to paper with um, two record labels, which you wanted to sign to for a while. Um, Nick Fanciulli's Saved Music and um, the massive Ultra Music, which we're just so happy about. That is that's pretty, that's really incredible. Um, and there's some great labels there that you mentioned. Um, you you are very um, you know you're very happy about the recent recent releases. I guess they're not out yet. So how long will they? Can you tell us how long they'll take to come out? Um, yeah. So the one that's coming out on Nick Fanciulli's label, Saved, is a collaboration with a producer that we've pretty much looked up to at, at the start of Versus because he was miles ahead of us. He's called Creature. So that's coming out in September. And then the ultra one is coming out towards the end of the year, I do believe. But we've got other stuff with them as well. With with the ultra, with ultra yeah, and Armada, yeah. Dave, what would your dream booking be for for the future? Who do you want to sort of? What lineup do you want to be on? Definitely one hundred percent. I'd love to play in uh, Fabric in London. That club's legendary. Um, yeah, I'd love to play there. I've been there a couple of times, actually. Um, insane club, ridiculously insane sound system. I'd love to DJ there. It'd be a dream come true. And I'm going to say DC 10 in IB for. Yeah. Um, whether it's inside or in the garden, on the terrace, um, you know, I've spent many, 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 many long nights in there watching the likes of Richard, Jamie Jones, um, Andre Livio, 
Dixon, you know, um, all these incredible artists and being on the dance floor in there and, and that sound system is insane. And then as you're dancing, when it gets later and later, then the sun starts coming up and you see the sun coming through the windows at the top. Yeah, it's nuts. But yeah, I'd say Fabric and DC 10, 100%, mate. Another one for you, Dave. Um, you mentioned about being on the dance floor. What's better, being behind the deck or being on the dance floor? Um, actually, actually, I'm going to rephrase that because I don't mean being behind the decks by DJing. I mean brushing shoulders yeah. with Jamie Jones or being on the dance floor listening to what he's playing with Jamie Jones. Okay. Um... I'm gonna say on the dance floor. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say on the dance True floor Raver. because yeah, I'm I'm gonna say on the dance floor, like in the thick of it, at the front, hands in the air, feeling not just listening to the music, but like feeling it. Yeah, and getting and literally soaking up the full atmosphere. You know, don't get me wrong, it, it's great being in a DJ box when your favorite DJ or your idol is playing. And you get to look at what he's looking at and you get to see what he or she is doing on the decks. And obviously you're listening to it via the monitor speakers in the, in the DJ box. But being on the dance floor and just really soaking it in. And yeah, definitely the dance floor for me, mate. Good news. Good. Thank you for that. Um, another question, Dave. So I'm pinging some at you now. Um, there's been lots of talk about cameras um, filming at, at events. What are your thoughts on this? People, re some people really hate, you know, DC10 especially has sort of, it's been frowned upon if you get your phone out and video um, the events. But actually, in my opinion, um, it's where a lot of us hear that the new music and we get, you know, Instagram is a great platform to show new music and, and see what that vibe is like at the place. But what's your opinion on that? First of all, that is a really, really good question. Um, yeah, I'm glad you've asked me this, actually. Um, personally, I'm for it. I think it's really good if you are a music producer. So, example, um, when 1988 was being played in Amnesia by Corolla and Carl Cox, if those people on the dance floor didn't film, we wouldn't have got the video. Yeah, I can understand that. Just like when Jamie Jones and Lee Foss played 1988 at Burning Man, again, if we, if people didn't have phones on the dance floor, we wouldn't have got that video. So me personally, I'm all for it. Um, I think it can definitely help make a music producer's career. Um, definitely, because at the end of the day, when, you're, when you've signed a track to a record label and you're releasing it, it's fantastic to release content so if you've got a video of, say, Salado or Jamie Jones or Lapman or Andre Olivia playing your track and the whole crowd is absolutely booting off and going insane, it, it, it makes people want the track. So, yeah, me personally, I'm all for it, if I'm being honest. There are some people that frown upon it, but, nah, I, I'm all for it. I, I think that, yeah, it's good for content. And like you said, Instagram, it's definitely good. It's good to get your opinion on that because I do hear, you know, I do hear on uh, Twitter quite a lot about people sort of saying, "Put your phone away, just enjoy the music." There is that side of it, of course. Do you know what it is? It's it's Mark and James 
speak about it a lot. Um, it's music snobbery. Um, and I think I think people take themselves too seriously or take it too seriously where it's like, ooh, ooh, put your phone away. Nah, no, nah, I'm I'm all for it, mate, hundred percent. I mean, for me, I, I wanna I wanna relive the the moment. Yeah, true. Yeah, I wanna 100%. see it back again. I wanna see. You know, I'll give you a bit of an example. Um, I beat for last year. Um, I was at Ashwire. Uh, for Ants, and James and Mark were playing uh, Ecstasy, and uh, my missus got a video of that, and it's an incredible video, and it gives me goosebumps every time I play it. Yeah, yeah. well, it is another story as well. Um, the tune that Nick Fanchuli signed uh, to his record label, um, it was being played by Nick. This was when it wasn't even a demo. It was just... Um, I just sent it to Nick to, for him to play. I didn't send it as as a demo for Saved at the time. And one of my friends um, was there, um, and he filmed he filmed it. He, he got an amazing video of Nick playing our track, and the video went pretty viral across like Instagram and Facebook. Thousands of likes and comments, um, thousands of views. And then it got back to Nick because people were tagging Nick in it and asking, what's this track? I started seeing the video. So I commented saying, oh, this is a new one by Versus. And then that's how the track got signed. <laughs> so Nick actually forgot um, that it was sent to him. He just he just played it. So he didn't realize it was a demo. So because so many people were commenting, sharing, liking, tagging him, tagging us, he obviously got the notifications and then the track got signed to his label, and that's out in September. So again, if 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 there was no phones and it was a hundred percent, put your phones away or you're getting kicked out of the club, that tune may have not been signed. So yeah, I'm all for it, hundred percent. You've spoken a lot about how you're supporting the up and coming. Who can we expect to see in the next eighteen months? Who's gonna Who's gonna be the guys that are hotting up the beat court? Uh, charts. Who, who, who um, it's quite a few. Um, I'm going to break. I'm going to. I'm going to list four cities and then break them down. Uh, okay. He's a it. really talented producer from Birmingham called Sonny Coco. He's making some okay. incredible music, and he's very, very close and good friends with Steve Lawler. So he's doing a lot of traveling with Steve. Steve's kind of took him under his wing. So he's one to watch. Liverpool, good friend of ours, Eldon. He's a very, very talented nice. producer. Um, I just got one of his tracks signed by the Salado lads, um, which is coming out probably in six, seven, eight months, something like that. Yeah, and also okay, there's another guy from Liverpool called Tony Hughes and um, another kid called um, Athos. I do correct me if I'm wrong, I think I've pronounced that right, Athos. Those guys are making some insane okay. music. London, you've got... I've, Got probably about five or six that are really doing bits. Obviously, Benjamin, top of the list, good friend of mine, talented yeah. producer. Um, you've got Pagey Boy from Essex. He's making okay. some really good tracks. Um, I think I've got his track signed, actually, to CR2 Records. Yeah. Um, Makov, wow. again, he lives down there now. Very, very, very talented DJ. She's just starting to produce music, so give her... Twelve months, so she's going to be up there. Emma Knight, yeah, um, I think Murphy, he's just yeah. been signed to. I'm not even going to say it because I don't think he's announced it yet. 
No, let's not. Let's not. Yeah. Don't do any so, exclusives on other yeah, people. So, um, <laughs> I know he's just been signed to a pretty big record label because he told me the other day. So, yeah, I'll leave him to tell you that. Um, Good for him. Good for him. And then, obviously, my neck of the woods, Manchester, you've got yeah. a producer called Patch, who kind of Darius Sarossian has took under his wing. So, he, okay. he's become a resident for Darius. Um, you've got two lads called Paralis. They're making some insane music. Okay. I think um, Pauza is on to them. So I think they're going to be signing Summit to Solid Grooves pretty soon. But Flashback, he's really, really good. Um, two friends of ours and also mutual friends of Salado. You've got two guys called Lost on Mars, Jay and James. They're making some insane music. Okay. Um, the Salado lads have signed a couple of tracks of theirs. You've got a couple more, Costello who is insane and then finally you've got Mereda Loco which actually means crazy shit in Spanish yeah <laughs> Richie Ahmed has, has been playing their tracks and also was so yeah it's um, they're going to blow up as well it sounds like a, an exciting <clears throat> time for the next sort of 18 months we've come to sort of come to the end there Dave um, but I do have sort of one more question and it, it's really about your you know, the recent times in lockdown, um, because all of these artists, um, and I, I read a, a tweet from Salado recently saying, you know, stay home, stay safe. Let's fucking make some music. Because when we come off the back of this, um, these raves, these gigs, they're going to be incredible. And there's going to be some incredible music. And you've just been talking about lots of um, up and coming artists. Is that what you're doing at the moment? Are you making music? You're not with Luke. So how how difficult is this time? Um, I'm actually doing lockdown in Blackburn, so I'm not even in Manchester at the moment at my studio. Um, but I'm still working every single day on or from the laptop. I've got my Mac laptop and headphones with me and um, my external hard drives and stuff. Um, so the, the projects are still going ahead. You know, we, we've made, there's been four or five verses tracks which have, have been completed since since the lockdown has, has um has come of ours okay so there's a lot there's a lot coming from you yeah yeah what you're saying. we've um we've definitely not uh, put our foot off the gas put it that way we've we're getting demos bounced back and forth to singers um i just sent two tracks to pretty big label and i think they're going to sign them um in the next couple of days so yeah, there's definitely um, the work. The workflow is still continuing. I'm a workaholic anyway, so the work the workflow is still continuing. <laughs> you know, it's great to listen to your story, and I just want to thank you for coming on the podcast, Dave, and and uh, giving us this opportunity too. You know, we're we're starting out um, as as a as a new podcast, and and we want to just sort of make this a platform for new DJs and and even established DJs to come on and tell their story. And you know, everyone has their own story. And it's great to listen to yours. So I just want to no, I appreciate you, you guys reaching out. And um, yeah, thank you very much for having me. I hope I didn't waffle on too much, but you know, I literally can talk to the end of time. <laughs> thank you for listening to episode two. We have loved the interaction you guys have had. Give us a follow and a mention on Instagram to pass the pod. We still need you. We look forward to bringing you another artist. Take care and stay safe.